Okay, this is the fourth episode of the 100 Podcast. You're going to find it on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, YouTube, every other podcast streaming platform. Um, and today I have, first and foremost, my father-in-law and a Coachella Valley local and a owner of the TNT Delivers Moving Company for 25 plus years now. What's going on, 25? Well, we're actually 22. Oh, okay, okay. Going on 23. But uh, but it's been in the works, yeah. you know. And you are a Coachella Valley local, right? You're yeah, from I actually the grew up, raised, born, and bred here with the exception of um, five or six years that I lived in Sacramento. And uh, But yeah, been here the whole time. What would you say the biggest difference is in the Valley from when you were a kid to now? Oh, just the population in general. I mean, it's when I was a kid, you could walk out your front door and look for miles and miles and not see another house. And and now there's, you know, there's houses and stores and buildings everywhere. There's nothing to do when we were growing up. We had the drive-in. That was like probably Whoa, the Where most, was that at? Over where Martha's Village is at. Oh, okay. That I used didn't... to be the drive-in. Yeah. And that's where we'd all hang out. That was a hangout spot. Um, we had a couple of movie theaters uh, downtown over where Miles Park is at. There was uh, the Aladdin movie theater. Uh-huh. And um, that was back in the 70s and 80s. But So, yeah, so there wasn't much out here. It was just population. Just that's the biggest. Yeah. yeah. Population, you know, the, the growth. The growth in the valley. Yeah, I don't even think I saw I, Well, obviously, I didn't see it any time near when you saw it. I saw it, but I still remember when I was a kid, and it was like, it was almost like Blythe. It was like spread out. There was like yeah. a little city here, spread out a little city there. Well, I don't know if you, um, well, I mean, you know the Cove area, right? Yeah, yeah. Up in the Cove. So in the Cove, back in those days, there might have been maybe 15 houses in that whole uh. Cove area. Whereas now there's probably three or four thousand houses. Yeah. So that's probably the best example of the change, because, like I said, the fifteen houses compared to probably three or four thousand houses in that cove now, that's how much more populated it is now. I remember being able to drive down the freeway, and there you could literally drive down the freeway and probably not see a car for probably five minutes down the road. Oh, there's a car. Oh, there's a car. Really? Now you get on the freeway, and there's just, it looks like a major freeway. Yeah, there's cars the is just going busy. both ways. So, yeah. That's the biggest the biggest change I've seen in, in the desert. You can probably put it back there if you want to. Um, so, yeah, I guess we should go into TNT Delivers. What uh, what from your your childhood or, I guess, yeah, your childhood, what, what made you have that entrepreneur-like spirit? What made you want to be your own your own boss? I don't know that I set out to be my own boss. I don't know that I set out to be an entrepreneur. You know, I just, as you probably know a little bit about, but I come from a rough background. Unfortunately, only went to the eighth grade, you know, didn't have any high school education. So I, I, I didn't expect to be where I'm at now. I just ended up where I'm at now because that's kind of where my path led me when I, finally started to get my act together if you will and get in into a, a routine of of living life the way you know because uh in life you have to live um you have to live a certain way i guess because if you don't and what i mean by that is if you don't work you don't have a job you don't pay bills you don't pay taxes uh those kind of things you, you're, you're not really 
a part of society, you know? You're, like I was for a long time, kind of just a low life, if you yeah. You don't exist because you don't have a job. You don't pay taxes. You, you know, you, you don't have uh, a car or a house. So, I, coming from where I came from, I did not know anything about, I, I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what I was yeah, going to do. Yeah. And, and how I got into TNT Delivers was by accident. Um, but it, it all came from way back before that. Uh, starting from, like I said, when I got my act together, my first job ended up being doing security, which... What, was, uh, what, what caused you to get your act together? What was the one, maybe, moment... Well, it was, I don't know that it was a moment. I think it was just a, a period couple. of time, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I was raised a certain way, and I was raised around a lot of um, drugs and alcohol and and gangs and things like that. So I, I didn't, I, 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 I thought I was, that's the way I was meant to be. That's the way I was yeah. raised. That's the way I was born. I thought that's who I was supposed to be. And so I had been in and out of a lot of institutions and, and, uh, as a, as a kid and then as an adult. And, um, and I don't know, I, I, I was just talking about this to Christopher, my son the other day and, uh, telling him that, um, it was just weird. And it wasn't Christopher, it was Cindy that I was talking to, um, that it was just weird. I, it was like from one day to the next, I was in jail. Yeah, I was in jail, yeah. and um, I got out of jail, and I um, met this gal that had been kind of following me while I was in jail, and that kind of thing. But it was just kind of weird because I realized that. <laughs> uh oh. And that we have, a, we have a visitor. Uh-oh. It's okay. You want to come over here? You, come you, real you quick. Can probably come on. sit here with me. I thought you got started. Huh? Come on. All right, well, that's my son, my youngest, Ezekiel. He's crashing the fourth episode, so. Yes, probably. Whatever. Two. Two. He's two. He's gonna be two. Just so you know, he's two. two. He is two. So, um, it was just a, like a light switch. It's just weird how from one day... I was what I thought I was supposed to be and how I was meant to be to the next day where I was like, I could be whatever I want to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, who says I have to kind be of like I felt like that? your own guy, finally. Yeah, who says that that is what I... I'm a big boy now. I yeah. make my decisions. And I think that's what it was. At that point, I decided, you know what? Let me try something different. I literally changed everything about me, everything... The way I dress, the way I talk, the people I hung out with, the people I associated with. And in doing that, that's how I began to get into the workforce. And like I said, my first job was doing security, um, which was, I thought, like the furthest thing from anything I would ever do considering where I came from. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. I had so much fun doing it. Went from doing, uh, securing lots of dirt, you know, to yeah. securing country clubs. To securing uh, malls, and uh, then from there to um, doing uh, undercover security for different department stores, and oh, uh, doing like loss prevent is that loss prevention? Yeah, it was called loss prevention, loss control. There was a bunch of names for it back then, 
we'll get back to TNT, but since we got into security, I do security as well. Obviously, working for Bighorn. What was your craziest or your most exciting experience when you're working security? Oh my goodness! There I was, know you had there a few. Was so many. It's kind of fun. Yeah, there was so many. Um, you know, I've had exciting. I've had razor blades pulled out on me. I've had knives pulled out on me. I've had I've been chased by cars. <laughs> oh, you man. know, um, so there there was a. I mean, I, there's so many different stories. It, it was definitely an adventure, and it was and it felt good for me to finally be on the other side. Yeah, because yeah. not not that I was ever you know like a thief or a robber or anything like that. Most of my issues were drug related, um, so it was never anything of that nature. But it was still fun to be on the other side. Now I was a good guy chasing the bad guys, and I would literally you know chase bad guys yeah. and run them down and tackle them and fight with them and handcuff them and bring them back. And and in the beginning, because I grew up here. And I came back from Sacramento. That's when I kind of turned that new leaf. When I got out of jail that last time, came back from Sacramento. I came back to Indio, started kind of messing around again. And then said to myself, oh, my God, what am I doing? I'm just doing the same. I, so You're I, about to drop right into I, the yeah. same hole. So I said, I caught myself, thank goodness. And I said, you know what? I'm done. Told, I was living with my grandmother in Coachella. And I told her, I said, if anybody comes looking for me, tell them I went back to Sacramento. I'm gone. So she did that, and that took two or three months. So the reason I mentioned that is because I had grown up here, and this is where I was from. So when I started doing the the security and the, the loss prevention for these department stores and stuff, naturally I ran into a lot of people that I grew up with. Yeah, yeah. And that was probably the weirdest thing for me because every time I ran into somebody like that, they always wanted to test me. In the sense that they thought that, you know, we're still down, we're still homies, we're still... And, and I, I would tell them, hey, do me a favor, take it somewhere else, this is where I'm at, this is what I do, and so you know, if you steal something, I'm going to have to arrest you, because this is what pays this my bills my and puts food on my yeah. table. And if you respect me enough, then you'll do that. And some of them did, some of them did, they, they did, but most of them... They challenged me. They constantly challenged me, and 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 threatened and you know, all these things. Yeah. Uh, how weak I was. I didn't have no heart and all these things. And then that went on for about four or five years with the people that I knew. And um, and then after that, it was the opposite. After that, they started to respect me because they saw that I was real and I was not just playing. You're like trying to be different. You're, yeah. You're you know, trying to they be, thought, oh, this guy, get out yeah, of he's fake. No, they realized that, okay, this guy. So, so it was a good thing. So in that process, um, yeah, I did a lot of security for a lot of years uh, for many companies and uh, became loss control manager and loss prevention manager. There's different titles, but they're all the same, uh, doing the same thing. And, uh, and saved a lot of companies a lot of money. You know, did a lot of recovery, a lot of bad check recoveries, things like that. And, and that process is where um, I started to get notice for my efforts, obviously, but more for my skills, which I honestly don't know where they came from because I never had any kind of schooling or anything. Um, How important do you think schooling is since you... It's, you, it's, the, it's the, the most important thing yeah. in anybody's life anybody's life I, I i honestly wish and only because i've come to where i've come and i've done what i've done but when i did it it was before the computer age 
So it was easy to do when I did it. And when I did it, I didn't. You didn't need the bachelors, the masters. You didn't need any of that stuff. It was yeah. all based on your your integrity, your character, and your knowledge. And so I was able to do the things I was able to do based on those characteristics, rather than if I was trying to do the same things then, are same things now that I did then. They wouldn't even talk to me. Because I don't have a master's, I don't have a bachelor's in, in those fields. Yeah. And which are the fields that I very successfully did when I did them without any of that stuff, with an eighth grade education. Um, so that's, that, that, that's what it is. I mean, it's now, in this day and age, if you don't have some kind of schooling, Something, yeah. you're, you're really lacking. You're really lacking. Um, okay. That, Do you think schooling. I'll show you. How important is schooling in like the real life? Like, let's say not about getting the job, but actually in the job or in the career in your your career choice. How important was schooling? Because obviously you dropped out in the eighth grade, so you figured it out without the schooling, with owning your own business. How important is schooling with like owning your own business or owning a moving company? Well, I, I'll tell you, schooling, like I said, is so important. You should focus in this on day it, and age, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you, you really. That's just another tool in your toolbox yeah, and yeah. it's one that you really should have but i'll tell you schooling in school is night and day compared to schooling in real life and what i mean by that is you go to school and you get your bachelor's and and management and and uh whatever that might be whatever what everything in my particular case it, it would have been in in management because that's what you're doing yeah. but Sorry, what you learn in school really has nothing to do with what real life is doing. Yeah. It gives you an idea, gives you a little bit of knowledge about what's going on. So when you go in there, you, you, the words and the phrases that you hear make sense to you because you know what that is. You know what net profit is. You know what net loss is. You know what... Uh, percentages are you know they make sense to you yeah but in real life that's about all that you can bring from the schooling to the job because every job is completely different and every job runs on a different um, on a different um, scale or not scales not the word I'm looking for but just a different platform I guess if you will so just because you do management for Google doesn't mean that the management for Kmart is the same. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah, yeah. the same. You do management for Amazon doesn't mean the management for eBay is the same. So that's why I say when you go to school and you learn all that, that's great. It gives you a, a kind of rounded feeling. It sounds like an intro to it. But it doesn't help you in the real world. It really doesn't. And I, and I tell you that because when I was working for Kmart and I was there for 13 years and I was the operations manager there, and uh, running that place, there came a time back in the 90s when they wanted to get rid of all of us because we were making too much money, simply because we were making too much money and not because of anything else. The company started to lose money because that was the age of Walmart coming into town. Uh, okay. So that, that's where the losses were coming from. And we, and we took a pretty good dip, about 30% in sales. So rather than address those issues that were uh, attributing our our decline in sales to Walmart 
They said, cut well, the salary. let's just start at the, yeah, just cut the salary and then we'll figure that out. So what they did was they were bringing in these classes. They were going in and recruiting literally the whole entire class that was uh, a bachelor's, getting bachelor's degrees in financial management and recruiting them, bringing them to us. And we were training them to replace us because it, back then in the 90s, I was making 50, 50 to $55,000 in the 90s. And we were before they took our bonuses away. We were getting twenty-five to thirty thousand dollars in bonuses. So in the nineties, I was making seventy-five to eighty thousand yeah. dollars a year, and then they took our bonuses away. So that left our fifty-five thousand dollars a year. But they were able to bring these kids in fresh out of college that had all this book smarts at half that price. So yeah. they were getting two for one. So we were training these people to take our jobs, and they were, and. Unfortunately, what happened was they, they took too many of the experienced people out of the workforce and brought all these green thumbs in that didn't have any clue how the real world really works and to run the company. Yeah. And while we all know where Kmart's at now, Kmart went from when I worked with them, I think we had, uh, let's say, close to... Uh, 500 stores or something like that and now i think they're down to like 53 yeah yeah but you know but that's corporations that, that that's corporate america when it comes time to make adjustments they always go that route rather than just go at the very top and get rid what, of the ceo that. which is probably 50 million dollars exactly, right off the bat exactly. rather than get rid of a hundred employees yeah. to equal that same 50 million it doesn't no it's it just get rid of sense. one guy instead of a hundred you know but that's just corporate america that's just the way it works i'll never understand it so on my uh, realm and my level i try to run my business and created my business on, on the premise that, you know, obviously customer service is always first. You take care of the customer. Yeah. And that's an old art. You don't see that very much anymore. And um, and with that and integrity and character and all that, that's how I've been here for 22 years. And I think it's more based on quality of service, customer service, integrity, character, things like that. That even if you don't always have the biggest, baddest, bestest, product or or service or th that by itself is will yeah. will will get you a lot of business because sometimes just because that guy is bigger and he has the newer truck or the bigger building doesn't always mean he's the best yeah. service or the best person for the job and um so it, it, it i think that each company based on their own um merits is uh determines their future you know well you guys yeah, i don't think you've done any marketing right you've done like we no do marketing. zero we, we word do, of mouth that's it correct yeah i you know when we first started i did a little bit of marketing did some you know phone book stuff i did uh some advertising on tables in some restaurants and uh the local uh high schools you know the, yeah the, yeah yeah that kind of stuff and uh honestly i can't remember ever anybody saying I got your number off of that table or I got your number off of that banner or I got your number out of the phone book or I got your... Every phone call we always got always said, hey, Bob said to call you. I talked to Bob. I told him I was doing... Or Betty Sue said, you know, to call you. Exactly. exactly. So it was always word of mouth. So rather than concentrate all our efforts and our resources into 
the billboards and the TV commercials. We concentrate those efforts into the customer. And so we, and what I mean by that is that there, there are situations, not, not very many, thank goodness, but when they do arise where there might be an issue, something was broken, something was scratched, we might have done it, we don't know. Sometimes we know we did it, we did it, and we fit. Um, and that's a good thing about my guys is they don't pay for nothing for that reason. That's part of my customer service thing. I took that whole thing about them having to pay for any damages they do so that they keep them honest. Uh, and okay. the way that keeps them honest is by doing that. Because if you tell the guy, hey, you're going to pay for that thing you break, then they're, they're going to hide stuff. They're going to be like, I didn't do it. I tell yeah. them, you don't pay for nothing, so you don't hide nothing. I pay for it. I don't care what it is or what. You bring that to the attention. That's a pretty good rule. That's a good way to look that's, at it. That's yeah. a good way, yeah, because yeah. You, you can't you can't do that. You just can't just, oh, maybe they won't see it and, and turn the bottle this way so the scratch is in the back and hope they don't never notice. No, if it's there, you tell them. And I'll tell you what, nine times out of ten, if you point that out to the customer, they're like, ah, you know, it's not a big deal. It's not. Don't worry about it. But I'll yeah. tell you what, ten times out of ten, if you don't say nothing and they it's discover it, they want the White House. Yeah. They, they want yeah. everything. Yeah, brand so, new. They have all, yeah. That was $10,000. So that's why it's, it's good to, to be, and that's the integrity part, that's why it's good to be honest and upfront and, and own up to your... And a lot of times, like I say, a lot of times, not a lot of times because we don't have a lot of problems, but a few times we've had issues where we know we didn't do it. We know we didn't do it. And we'll still take care of it. We'll still take care of it. We'll still make it right. Yeah. It's it's a hard pill to swallow, but that's what you do. And I'll tell you what, that customer is going to spread that word and say, you know what, they scratched this, they did that, even though we don't think we did. Because a lot of times, you got to understand, when somebody lives in a house and they've been there 20 years, they, they don't know that that scratch has been yeah. there. They don't know that that, because they haven't seen it for 20 years. Now you move it, now everything's fresh. And you might have moved it from a corner where that was facing a wall, and now it's in the middle of the floor, and now it's noticeable, and now they think you did it. And it could you have just it. got dusty, and then you move it, and some of the dust came off, and now yeah. you see a scratch. and now you see a scratch. Yeah. So things like that, you know, we still take care. We still take care of that stuff, and I'll tell you what, it's a small price to pay. I might pay 50 bucks, 100 bucks to get that fixed, yeah. but I'll make thousands of dollars off that customer Three, time. Three, four, five, six, seven You know customers. There was a scratch there, yeah. and they fixed it the next day. And because that's how quick we move. We get it done quick. So, yeah. So, it has a lot to do with, with your integrity and that kind of thing. So, let's take a step back. And from Kmart, how did you get from Kmart to TNT? What was the, the move there? Because you said you kind of fell into it, it. Yeah, it was totally an accident. Because, like I said, when I was working for Kmart and uh, we were doing really good, they started bringing these, these college kids and that. Um, they started to take things away, which was our bonuses. We were getting twenty five to $30,000 a year bonuses. Because we were making thirty, forty million dollars a year, and um, and so that's what our our bonuses back then were based off of four things: it was cleanliness of the store, customer service, waste, which is loss of the store, and then uh, the customer shop report. Customer would come in, okay. secret shoppers come in and shop us and give us a report. So those four things were twenty five percent each of our bonuses. And if we met all four of them, we get our full bonus, obviously three of them, 75% and so on and so forth. Well, eventually they started to take that away. And when they did, they took everything away and they pretty much said, and that was when Walmart came to town, they pretty much said that the only bonus you're gonna get is based off of profit. So 
whatever profit we get, you'll get a bonus. So we went from twenty-five dollars to $30,000 bonuses to like ten dollars or $15,000 bonuses. And so based on that premise that the only way you're going to get more money is by selling more and less waste and all those things that yeah, contribute yeah. to that, but making more money, we decided, me and my boss, uh, I was the operations manager, he was the general store manager, Charlie, um, decided that what if we offer free delivery service on any items that our customers couldn't manage to get to their home because they didn't have a truck or whatever the means might be. Just and that was like patio furniture, you know, ready to assemble furniture like this, you know, yeah. come in big boxes. And so we offered free delivery services, what we did to kind of push the sales to kind of get, you know, more money so we can get yeah, exactly. bigger bonuses. So we put these little placards, placards on little displays that we had of the things and said, you know, buy this display or I mean, buy this product and we'll deliver the, the product for free. So we I, that's how I started. I started doing that for probably about three or four months and then about the fifth or sixth month, whatever it was, so I probably did about five or six months, um, a customer came in that um, that had been, we had our regular customers that came in on a regular basis. We used to have a restaurant there, so every morning I'd have breakfast at the restaurant, so from like eight to nine in the morning, you could always find me at the restaurant. Uh, and I had a regular, crew of customers probably three or four of them older people that would come in and they'd sit with me every morning and have just breakfast hang out yeah, yeah just yeah. hang out with me so anyway this one gal came in i forget her name uh it was like betsy or something anyway she came in one morning and she said hey um uh i was wondering if you might be able to move me i'm gonna be moving and i know you guys just delivering and stuff and if you could move me and i'm like, no i'm sorry i just don't have time for that you know yeah and, uh, at Kmart, we were contracted for 48 hours a week. That's what they paid us for, but they expected us to be there 70 hours a week. So I already had a full schedule, and I was only doing the deliveries. Just to get to, that bonus, get, basically. Yeah, to get yeah. that bonus. So I, I, I told her no, and after about two or three weeks of her coming in, I finally said, you know what? Yeah, I think we can do it for you. And uh, so I got one of the guys that used to work for me, a good friend of mine, Patrick, unfortunately just passed away last week or uh, 10 or 12 days ago um, I he worked for me and 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 uh, in our um, in our stock That's room. crazy she was telling me that you guys were like he like started it with you he yeah was like he was YouTube. he was yeah. the one that was with me from the beginning for probably the first three or four years he was with me and then that's another story <laughs> but um but anyway so I got him and I said hey you know what when you get off of work the, uh, this afternoon you want to go help me move this lady she's got a one-bedroom apartment and shouldn't be a big deal and yeah he's like sure yeah, yeah i'll go so i told him i'd give him a, you know, a couple of bucks whatever and we went and we moved her and i charged her a flat rate i believe i charged her like 300 bucks or something and uh that was that was not a good deal not she good. got the better <laughs> deal. she had a lot of stuff and it was a big job but you know another it was it was good we had yeah. a good time we did it so anyway, about a week after that, a, a friend of hers came in and said, oh, hey, Betty told me you just uh, moved her, and I was wondering if you could move me too. And I said, oh, well, you know, what the heck? That wasn't so bad, and that was 300 bucks, and it's back in the 90s, so that, that was good money. And uh, so I, I did. I fixed the schedule for Patrick to make sure he was off that day, and we went and we did it. And uh, again, I charged him a flat rate. I think I charged him like four or $500 dollars. 
And again, I got the short end of the stick. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh my goodness, so we won't do that again. So then after that, I thought, well, you know, there might be something here, you know? And so I thought, you know, let's, and we continue to do more deliveries. And then as we're doing the deliveries, uh, there was other companies that started to call us, Costco and um, I forget what it was. There was somebody else. Anyway, they, they called and, hey, I heard you do deliveries. And so we started to become like a little delivery company. Yeah. I, I actually made cards and stuff and said, you know what, uh, we're, I'm going to start doing this. And so that's how it started. That's how I, I made that leap from being a retail person um, to being, you know, into your own self-employed. Yeah. And uh, after doing that little gig for probably about a year, I s realized that I could probably make more money doing that than I could being at Kmart. And Kmart was already going down because Walmart had come to town and sales were declining. They were not putting money into the stores, so the stores were not fresh and clean and bright and so I could just see that there was like the future no demise. light at the end of that yeah, tunnel, you yeah. know? So I thought, you know what, I'm going to concentrate more on this and less on that. And I did. And, um, and so I'm glad I did because I did. And I left. I left Kmart about a year after I started doing the, the moving thing. And I uh, thought, okay, I'm going to take that leap. And uh, it was scary. It was scary. That first year uh, I left. Because the first year I, I did... The, the TNT thing, you know, I officially made it TNT. Um, I made like $1,400 that first year. That and I thought, okay, year. well, that's not bad. You know, that's $1,400, not so bad. So then the second year, I made like $3,500. And that's the year that I decided I was going to leave. And I said, oh, you know okay. what, I think okay. I'm going to go ahead and go. I, I had some... Uh, so they had you doing they they uh were they fine with it being TNT delivers and you were still like delivering were you delivering for Kmart still yeah as the TNT delivers yeah oh, and they okay. were because they were me I was hey, the one that made oh, that decision yeah, yeah, so exactly. there was no one there to tell me hey you can't you're do the that. manager yeah, I, yeah I was the operations manager and I had the general store manager who was my boss but he was kind of ghost he just made sure that I ran the store. And as long as I ran the store, you very rarely ever saw him. He was, he so was I, I ran that store for probably the last five years that I was there. And everybody knew that. Everybody knew that, you know, that I was the guy. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so there was nobody there to tell me you couldn't do that. Okay. I could pretty much do whatever I want, come and go as I wanted. I was salary, so I didn't have to clock in or I can do whatever I in wanted. And, out, yeah. and, and I did. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> but, um. So yeah, so I did that, and then after about the second year, I think I made about thirty five hundred bucks. I thought, you know what, this Kmart, I was I was already, I was really frustrated because they were just yeah. really, really becoming jerks, if you will. They didn't care oh, about man. you anymore. They yeah, like, exactly. You know, you don't like it, you can go. That kind of attitude, and I was like, well, whatever. So I left, and when I left, yeah, that was scary because I went from making you know fifty fifty five thousand dollars a year to 35000 or $3,500. But I did have some money. I did have some money. I had some vacation time. I took a leave of absence. I didn't actually quit. I took oh, a leave of absence. Okay. Okay. So I had a, a way to go back if I had to. And, um, and then the money that I had, like I said, I thought would carry me at least a good six or eight months uh, to kind of get me going. And uh, so, yeah, so that, that was scary. That was scary. 
but then I went from the first year $1,400, the second year about $3,500. Then I went to the third year, and in the third year, I went from $3,500 to $30,000. It just blew. I don't know how or why or what. It just just like that. Did what uh what did you guys have? Like what was your first fleet of vehicles? Did you just have a trailer? Did you have a when I first truck? started, I had a pickup truck and a trailer. There you and go. And then um, and it was an old pickup truck. It was a a, a Mazda B two thousand, like a nineteen eighty seven. Exactly. What car you were I used to call it Cherry, and uh, because it ran so good, it was like it, it was Cherry. It was like like a brand new car, even though it was like fifteen years old. But anyways, I had that little pickup. I uh, got a trailer, and that's what we did our first probably three or four moves with. And then I found a state bed truck, a okay. Ford Ranger state bed truck. That was the second truck. When I started using that, I got rid of the trailer and the B2000 or 3000, whatever it was. And then uh, then I realized that wasn't cutting it. So then we rented U-Hauls for a long time. Oh, okay. Probably two or three years, I just rented U-Hauls and just bit the bullet. And that was so pricey. I mean, it's a lot of money to rent U-Hauls. And so then after about the third or fourth year, I just finally said to myself, you know what, I need to get a truck. So I went and I bought my first truck, and that was, uh, it was a brand new. I bought it uh, in 2001. It was a 2000 GMC 6500 and paid cash for it and bought it. And uh, still, <laughs> I actually still have that truck today. Which one is that? The yellow one. Oh, okay. The yellow one. So yeah, so that's kind of the fleet, you know. And I got the the other truck, the Whitey Zuzu. I've got the Durango, and uh, yeah, you got the a van, little bit of a crew now. Van. Yeah, you kind of set up. Yeah, we got a good crew. We got eight guys. Um, stay busy. And so you went with TNT, and then you've been doing that for twenty years. And within what the last year, you you went with U-Haul, right? The last year or two, you you decided to to expand and do a warehouse. Yeah, well. The whole expand and warehouse and all that was, again, another one of those kind of by accident type of things. I thought I was done. You know, I've been doing it at this point. I was doing it 20 years already, and I thought I was done. I thought I was at a point where I might be able to eventually just sell off the business. Yeah. You know, we, we make some decent money uh, out of my house. And um, and then we were just having that conversation one day, and... Uh, my family, you know, Christopher, Chicky, Cindy, I think everybody was around talking about, you know, well, you know, Dad, you really should, you know, just get a building, you know, just get a building and, and put that little bug in my ear. And I'm like, ah. so I thought, you know what, well, what the heck, we'll do it. Yeah. So that's what took me out of the house was that conversation. Otherwise, I, I was fine right where I was at. There was How no random. Yeah. It, it was totally random. Yeah. It really was. And, um, and you know what? It, it was good, and, and it's still good. It wasn't a bad thing. Um, it was just a lot more work. It yeah. just added so much work to my plate that I was, again, like I said, I thought I was done. I thought I was coming to the end, and now it seems like the beginning. You know, I'm starting all over Do you again. feel like you got that energy, though? Like it's the beginning mm. again? I feel like I got that energy in the new building because I'm getting it ready, and I feel, you know, excited. Yeah, yeah. But when that's over... I'll be like I am right now with the old building. I'll feel like I just want it to be over. You know, I just want to be done because I just want to be done. I'm an old guy. You know, I'm 54 years old. You ready to retire? And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I, I don't want to be involved in that. And, and like right now, we're just over the top, just busy working seven days a week, 
you know, just every day, all the time, and not even just eight to five, but twenty four seven, because you know we do courier service and we do the delivering and the moving, and so I'm constantly getting voicemails and emails and and you know just all the time. So I don't get any breaks. So yeah, I mean I'm excited and I'm I'm, I'm really glad that we're here going into our twenty second, twenty third year, and we're expanding. We yeah. got a bigger building. Um, you know, we're, we're definitely going to that next level, but, um, I really, I want to get to a point where I can kind of pull away from that and let my son, Christopher take over and let him, you know, go to that next 20 years because yeah. there's no reason why we couldn't be around. Our reputation is like over, I mean, over well, the here top. in the Valley is over the basically top. a plus. Yeah, yeah. You can, you can look us up anywhere. And you'll see that we, we're just exceptional service. So there's no reason why it couldn't continue to go another 20 years. Yeah. I don't want to do it another 20 years. I don't want to do it another 10 years. But Well, and you guys you guys just mentioned how good you guys are in your service. You all, you guys just started, and you guys are one oh. of the top, what, top 500 yeah. or top 50 or something like that? Of yeah, speaking the of the U-Haul thing, um, yeah, we just started. Um, it'll actually be 10 months, I think, now. So we started uh, doing it about 10 months ago. And that, that kind of seemed like a natural fit for me. I've always had a, a relationship with U-Haul for, since I started renting their trucks. Then we became part of their moving uh, uh, helper staff, people that uh, serviced their customers. And then they let us go because we had trucks and you're not supposed to have trucks. <laughs> um, and then so it, it just, I've always had this thing yeah. with, with U-Haul. You know, it's yeah. kind of like, I don't know, redheaded stepchild, if lack for a better word. I guess I hope that's not bad these days to say something like that. No, you're But kidding. anyway, it was just more of that kind of thing. So there was eventually, there, there had to be some kind of um, relationship with us because we do the same thing, just in a different manner. So anyway, longer story short, yeah, yeah. Um, we got our new building, and when we got our new building, really good friends with the, the whole U-Haul people uh, because I've been doing business with U-Haul for 20 years. Um, so one of the guys, Paul, who's over at the Indio main U-Haul location, uh, kept bugging me, kept telling me, dude, you got to do U-Haul, got to do U-Haul, yeah. get in there, get in there, you got to do U-Haul, we need help, we need help. So that's who pushed me into the U-Haul, I got into the U-Haul and did that very successfully. And so we started U-Haul in July of 2018, and so August, September, October, November, December, January, February. So in February, which was seven months later, um, we did get top 100 in the North region, which is the top 2% of the North region because there's about 19,000 dealers, uh, neighborhood dealers in North America. And of those 19,000 dealers in North America, we ranked the top, top 2%. Wow. Top 2%, which was the top 100, um, which I found out because I uh, talked to our boss, our supervisor, um, when we found out about that and, uh, I found out she had never heard about anybody getting top 100 in that uh, category, um, in their first year of service. Yeah. So we're doing pretty good. How we're do they, do you know their ranking system or how they rank you guys on that? I don't, I don't know what the formula is. Um, but I'm thinking, you know, that it has not only to do with sales, but I'm thinking just overall, you know, like, like, uh, reviews sales they have um insurance so you know if uh, they rate you on the 
amount of people that took the insurance as opposed to that didn't take the insurance. Um, I'm sure there's multiple. There's, there, yeah, there, yeah, there's, there's. I don't know what their formula is um, because I'm still so new to the company. But yeah, I was I was surprised to see that. Yeah, that's uh, a pretty. We we ranked top 100 yeah. in it's North cool, America. Cool award, yeah. North America, that's pretty wild. That was good. So, um, so now you guys you guys are working on the new building. Do you have any future plans in the next? I know you said hopefully Christopher take over. Um, I guess yeah. What do you, do you have anything planned for the next couple of years, or just focus on that that next warehouse you guys got going right now? Well. Yeah, focus Basically on the warehouse. Right, guess, but huh? but what we do have planned is that we're not doing now. So for instance, before we got in the building, you know, we did moving, and uh, we did uh, courier service, and that was pretty much the bulk of our our business. We moved in the new building that we're in now, which is now the old building, um, and when we did that, we picked up the U-Haul, we picked up the shipping and receiving, and. Um, and then um, now that we're moving into the new building, we're going to add the U-boxes, which is U-Haul's um, um, pod. You know, they're, they're equivalent to the pod yeah, or the pack rack. Yeah. So we're going to start doing the U-boxes and adding that to our services, um, not only delivering them, loading them, unloading them, that kind of thing, but storing them as well. So... In the future, what I see is just more of that continued relationship between us and U-Haul because we're right now in the new building that we're moving into. We're literally less than a mile away from the major U-Haul in Indio. And that's kind of by design because of the rela- oh, excuse me, of the relationship that I have with the U-Haul. Uh, that was one of the things that the, the manager over there kept telling me was that they need uh, space for the U-boxes because they don't have very much space there for storage. Yeah. And so he's pretty full. So what's happening is they're having to take the containers all the way to Riverside that should be Jeez, left here. that's a trip. Yeah. yeah. And then they have to bring them back when they need them. So we're going to try to work in conjunction with them. That's what the future is in this building, is to work in conjunction with U-Haul and expand not only our U-Haul rentals, but our U-Haul box sales and our U-Haul uh, U-Box business, and uh, as well as storage. Yeah, that's you a, know? yeah. And that's what we're the gonna, space you guys have yes. now in that new building. Yeah. We have space for storage, which we try to do in the old building, and we filled it up within the first month we were there, and it hasn't been empty since. So I know, I can, I like, we need space. That's that's pretty crazy. Yeah. You kind of knew it was gonna happen, though. I you did, I did. I just didn't think that it was gonna fill up that fast. Yeah. And I thought if it did, it'd be, you know, a couple of months and then fill it again. But no, they've been there for the year that we've been there. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good. That's good. So since you've been in business for 20 plus years, would you have any advice you'd pass on to a young entrepreneur or somebody trying to do their own their own? The thing? only thing that I can um, suggest to anybody, no matter what field, no matter what path you take in your life uh whether it's work whether it's just life in general whether it's uh you know school or whatever it is my whole philosophy always has been and always will be and i still believe that strongly today is that people really just look for a person that's honest reliable on time 
says that they're going to do something, they do it. Say they're going to do it in a certain time, they do it in a certain time. So that's my main thing is as long as you're that person that is honorable and has integrity and not just that person that wants to just make a quick buck and move on to the next yeah. you know, guy that you can get over on. Because that's what business is today. Businesses are so big that they don't care if they ever see you again. It doesn't really matter to them because you're just another person yeah. in that stream of business. It's a number, yeah. basically. They're, yeah. they're still going to make their millions. So our philosophy is, is that we're not looking to see you once. We want to make you a customer for life. Yeah. So in order to do that, we have to gain your confidence and we have to gain your trust that we are worthy of being that person. And the only way to do that, again, is to be honest, reliable, on time. And, and even if you're going to be five minutes late, you'd be surprised that five minutes that you're going to be late might not be a big deal to you. Because you're like, oh, it's only five minutes, no big deal. But if you call that customer and you say, hey, you know what, I'm really sorry, I'm running a little bit late. I think I'm going to be about five minutes behind. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, no, no, no problem. They love that. Goes they love that way. because you don't get that these days. You don't get that. Everything is a window. Oh, we'll be there between eight and five, or we'll be there between eight and 12, or 12 and five, or, you know, they don't get that. Hey, we'll be there at eight o'clock, and we're there at eight o'clock. Yeah. We'll be there at nine o'clock, and we're there at nine o'clock. So things like that go such a long way because people don't get that in their lives anymore. That's what we used to call customer service, which doesn't exist anymore. And as long as you have that great customer service and you can see by looking us up and looking at our reviews and stuff, yeah. that's what people are driven on. And right now in this day and age, people are so reliant on reviews. I see that more and more they are, that yeah. people are telling us that based on your reviews, I wanted to call you because you got great reviews. So we wanted to use you. So it's important that you do that because, again, there's it's not happening. I mean, whether it's a plumber or the electrician or the mailman, or nobody has a schedule anymore. Everybody just pretty much says, I'll be there between this hour and that hour and hope they do. And yeah. if they don't, they're, oh, sorry, can't make it to the day. Be there tomorrow. You know, that's what everybody is so used to now because that's what this life has become. And when you throw in that old-fashioned service that I'll be there Monday morning at 8 o'clock and you're there Monday morning at 8 o'clock, guess what? It's almost a breath you of fresh just, air. Yeah, you yeah. just blew that customer away. And they'll tell us. Yeah. I've heard it before. They're like, oh, my God. I cannot even believe you guys are on time. Who's on? T Nobody's ever on time. You know, and they're just blown away. So that, That's, yeah. if, I, if I had to, to tell, share anything with anybody to make, to be successful... Is, is that is integrity honesty reliability are probably the main things yeah. that you can do in life and and again people don't do that anymore they're, they're just not whether they work for a company and they just don't care because they're not making enough money or it's their own company and they just don't care because they're out to make that quick buck and that's what this world unfortunately is about is money and so unfortunately a lot of people are driven to get what you can right Just now for money. as quick yeah. as you can. Yeah. And we're not, man. We're taking the slow road. We're taking a little bit at a time. Taking well, you guys have lasted 20 plus years and most businesses don't last And that we're going long. stronger than ever. Yeah. Stronger yeah. than ever. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, we're probably stronger today than we were 22 years ago. 
Well, you think about it, you, you decided, know? okay, now I'm going to expand. And yeah. It's working out perfectly. It's been consistent ever since you expanded. Yeah. You had to expand again because again, it worked. Because that was worked out so well. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. No, we're definitely on the right track. And anybody could be if, if they just remember that, the, you know, you got morals, you know. You, you That's really, something that a lot of people don't have anymore. You don't have it, that anymore. Something you kinda, don't have that anymore. Yeah. And it's sad because it's just, it's that industry, you know, it's just life. Life is a rat race, you know. And um, and I, I still, it, you know, I got to rein my son in, got to rein the other guys in because sometimes I make decisions that, that aren't the smartest to them because they don't see the long run. They don't yeah. see why yeah. I did that because this is going to be so beneficial down the road for us. Uh, they just see today and now. There's, there's You're losing out on $200 sighted. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but that $200 is going to come back tenfold, you know, exactly. and that's what I try to tell them. And, um, and and they're learning. They're learning. They, they'll, they'll learn him more importantly than anybody because he has to take this to the next 20 years, and he has to learn. You know, you have to learn to, to you know, take care of not only the customers but your people as well because you're only as good as the people around you. Yeah. And that's a fact, you know, no yeah, matter right what. So if you can't build the people up around you, then then that's, that's a problem. And that's one thing I've always been good at, thank God. I, I've managed, you know, now, you know, I'm managing six to eight guys at a time. Uh, but when I was with Kmart, I was managing 100, 150 people You've at a time. You've been doing that for and, a while. And I, I'll tell you, it, it was a good feeling to see after I left Kmart to go back years later and walk in the store and those few employees that were still there because, you know, in any retail market, you know, they come and go so often. But there was a handful of employees that were still there. Uh, it was a good feeling to walk in and feel like a celebrity, you know. They, they were so happy to see me. They were, you know, because I was always a fair manager, a fair yeah. person. And that's why I am today. I treat you, you know, as fair as I can and do what I can From for experience, you. I, yeah. I would agree with that. And, you know, yeah. like the, the old saying is you get, you know, more bees with honey, you know. And I, I, I truly believe that. You don't have to be a jerk. You don't have to be, you know... So it's game. a trendy thing now, though. Yeah. It's a trendy thing to be a jerk and yeah. be a. It, it is. It's, what, what's the point of that? What's it's, the point it, of all that? There really is not. And and that's just me. I'm an old guy, you know. I'm yeah. 54 years old, so I I could be wrong too. But I'm telling you, for me, it's worked. For me, it's worked, and it's worked quite well. And uh, and I'll continue to live like that. I'll continue to live to help people and and uh, to teach people to 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 be successful yeah. like that. It's not hard. It's yeah. not hard. It's just those simple rules, you know, honesty, integrity, and reliability. I mean, there's as cliche or whatever as it might sound, that really is the building blocks of a good relationship in yeah. business and in life with yeah. people, you know? Life, customer service, everything. 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 It's just life in general. If yeah. you live like that in life in general, you'll always be honored and respected by people, you know? But if you're shady, then yeah, you're, you know, you're not going to get far. And, as you know, and I know, there's those. There's so many people that have come and gone, yep. come and gone, and they do this and they do that, and but they don't put their hearts into it. They don't, you know, they don't put their their whole being into it. They're just like trying to get that quick buck. Can I make that quick buck? Nope, doesn't work here. Let me go try it over here. Nope, yeah, doesn't exactly. work there. Let me go try it yeah, over here. Exactly. No, dude, just stick with this. Stick with something put your you're heart into. into it. Yeah, put yeah, your heart put your into, heart into, it. into it. it, and it'll take time. I mean, this. It took me a good five or six years, maybe seven years, to really become successful. Yeah. It didn't happen overnight. I'm telling you, I started the first year, 1400 3500 
30,000, went to like 35, 40. And, and that's still lower know. than what you're getting paid at Kmart. And it's still so lower, you're just, yeah. You're still not really so like making it, yeah. But but it came. And now I won't tell you what I make, but I'll tell you I make probably five or six times what I was making yeah. there. And do the math. And that's just starting now. Yeah, do yeah. the math, you know, so. And since you, you've been in business for 20 plus years and and i know you've you've done a little bit of like investing in gold like you you buy gold here and there and silver would that would what would some investments you would you would say for a 20 year old or even like a 30 year old to get into while they have time before they you know think about retirement and all that well i guess if you're looking at like monetary type investments you know it's Everything's a gamble. Kind of right. Stock Everything's market's a gamble. A gamble. Gold's a the gamble. thing that I liked about gold and silver is that it's tangible and it's something, you know, I mean, like stocks and bonds you can hold and stuff too, but but it's 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 not here. It's it's out there somewhere. Yeah. And yeah. it could be whatever it is. Whereas my gold and my silver, it's right here in my hand. I can see it, I can feel it, I can touch it and and, and it's there. Uh, there was a time, probably five, uh, ten years ago, I thought for sure that was the market, was the gold and the silver. And it still can be because it's not going to, it's not a bad investment. So it's, 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 de- it's definitely a good investment, but it's not as good as I thought it was going to be. I thought for sure by now, you know, ten years later, that, you know, we'd be in the two or $3,000 range for gold and the two or $300 range for silver. And where are we at right now for gold? Silver is probably seventeen bucks, which it's been up and down fourteen to seventeen dollars for probably the last ten years, and then gold is probably eleven hundred dollars, where it's been probably seven to twelve hundred dollars in the last ten years. So it's 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 up and down. It's so it's still a good investment, but I think um, the best investment, especially moving forward, is to invest in an IRA. You know, start looking at your your future. Start looking at the things that are gonna matter the most when you're done, and that's having some income. Yeah. So, especially being young, I would definitely look into doing you know an IRA and going with something that's not you know so risky, something that's more long term. What's an IRA for people that wouldn't know what you're talking about? It's it's an individual retirement account made for individuals and you can get it through your employer you can get it yourself through a bank uh, financial institution things like that and basically what that is is obviously that's for your retirement when you're done yeah. to supplement your Social Security because well for you guys that are younger I'm 54 I might get a couple of bucks but for you guys the, the talk is is that Social Security won't exist when you guys yeah. are retiring so you'll need even more than we will. So that's 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 what I would suggest is is if you're looking for something that's that's um, that's reliable and that's a, a good uh, a security blanket, an IRA, because they're not like you know stocks and bonds and and things like that. That's guaranteed. Everything you put in there is gonna be there when you're done. Yeah. And you're gonna earn interest on what's there. Obviously, the more you put, the more interest you'll earn on it. And so the idea is to hopefully, by the time you're done, you put fifty or hundred thousand dollars into that, and you've earned twenty or thirty thousand dollars in interest off of that. And that you know is two or three hundred thousand dollars by the time you're done. 
with your Social Security and that together, that's enough money to take you through your golden years. Yeah. So that would be my suggestion uh, for long-term investment, long-term security, financial yeah. security, um, is that. There's a lot of quick ways, you know, if, if you've got that skill and you're that kind of guy. There's everything from flipping houses to flipping cars, you know, to... So there's a lot of things. There's all kinds of but, stuff. Yeah. Out there. So there's a lot of things, but all that stuff is is here and now. So that's the thing that, like anything, it, it could come and go, you know. Whereas the retirement plan's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, um, life insurance, you know, is not going to go anywhere. You know, things like that. My gold, my silver's not going to go anywhere. Um, so those are the kind of things I, I tend to, to gravitate towards is things that I are more tangible. You know, they're going to be risky. Yeah. 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 I do have some stocks. I do have some bonds. I do have, there's still some stocks you, know, you can, you can, you can kind of pick the ones that you know are going to be there. That should be there. Yeah. You pick a, a stock and, like Disney or something like that. Yeah. That should be there 10, 20 years down the road. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, to be able to buy them where you can make something off of them. And, um, so like I said, I do have some, I have some, some, um, some silver and, uh, some solar stock. I have uh, some Sprint stock, and I have some Square stock, and things like that. But just little stuff, nothing yeah, major. Yeah, yeah. Just little stuff that I kind of dabbled with, a couple thousand dollars here and there, but nothing major. And I, I found that that's scary to me, because you know some of them have done well. You know my Square did well. I bought my Square for like ten dollars a share, and now it's like thirty dollars a share. So that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I didn't buy enough. We'll show it about more. But it, that, but most of it has gone. You know, like the silver shares have gone down, the solar shares have gone yeah. down, uh, the Sprint has gone. So when I see that, that turns me off. That turns me off really quick. I, 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 I feel like I'm throwing my money away, and I'm like, I don't want to do that no more. So I go. I tend to gravitate towards things that I know are going to be more tangible and, and substance. You know, at the end of the day, and yeah. that's again the RRA. Um, is the I think the main thing if you're looking for financial security, and as you grow older, yeah. is invest in that. That's probably the best yeah, thing that I could think of. Yeah, there's almost no risk. It's there's, there's zero. There's risk. zero yeah. risk. Yeah. There's zero risk. It's insured and everything. So there's zero risk. You get it through a bank. Yeah, I mean, if you get it through your employer, then there's always risk, you know. But if you get your own private IRA through a bank, there's no risk. No it's risk all insured, and that money's always guaranteed. And it, you know, will always be there. And you just add to it and add to it. And it's tax deductible at the end of the year. You know, you can add to it. If you owe taxes at the end of the year, they'll let you add up to like 3000 or $4,000, whatever it is, of taxes you owe to the IRS. They'll let you pay that to yourself if you put it in your IRA. Wow. And that's a beautiful thing. I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Why would you give it to them? And they're going to allow you, hey, don't worry about paying us. Just put it in your IRA. And we know that you put it away and you're not spending it and you're good. You can't And then it. you don't have to yeah. pay them. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah so cool. there's a lot of benefits to having an IRA, uh, even more than I'm probably discussing now. Uh, but those are just the things that stand out to me right away. So I like that. I, and I have mine through Kmart and then I have a private one as well. So I have two IRAs and they're not a lot, but they're, if, when I'm done, they, they, with, between that, my stock, my gold, my silver, 
my retirement from the business because when you I definitely leave, spread your eggs. Yeah, you, you I, I've a got a little bit spots. of everything everywhere. Social Security and all that. I, I think I'll be all right. Yeah. I hope I'll be all right. Who knows? Yeah. In this day and I age. Think, uh, I think we should wrap this one I up. I think this so. Is a, yeah, this is the fourth so. episode of the 100 Pot. Let me hit, hook you up with some stuff real quick. Oh. We're 420 friendly here, so oh. I got a couple of my buddy's stickers, and then a couple of my stickers in here, a little really? rolling tray, a little nug jug. Nice. Um, but yeah, let's let's wrap this thing up. Thank you again. Uh, it'll be available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Anchor, every other streaming service. And again, it's David Torres, owner of TNT Delivers and uh, local U-Haul owner as well. 